Welcome to Perfect Guard Podcast. I believe this is episode three. Episode three. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah. I, uh, I am Cole, and I'm joined by my compatriot. Andy, uh, Nerdbane on socials. Hey, guys. How's it going? Cole, how you doing? I'm fantastic. It is uh, nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and uh, we're, we're making fresh content for y'all. Hot. Fresh out the oven. Yeah. So uh, a quick rundown of how uh, Perfect Art Podcast runs. Uh, we'll go through Hot or Not. It's basically just going to go through some of the new cards real quick, theoretically real quick, uh, give our, our opinions on it if they're really good or not worth the time. Um, then we'll do a little bit of a meta breakdown. So I believe this week we're going to do, uh, what was it? It was Magnolia and... Orphist. Uh, we're going to do Orphist. Magnolia and Orphist. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about um, winning deck lists and what kind of makes them interesting. Winning in quotation um, marks. <laughs> Topping, Topping, if you will. <laughs> um, and then we won't have a tournament report. Um, those are coming eventually. Um, it's, it's, we just, yeah, it's coming, guys. It's coming next week. It's our, yes. our case got delayed, and then there was a whole issue. It was just, we finally have cards. We can finally record. It's just... Our locals are on opposite sides of the week, so it, we just couldn't make it happen this week. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, so and then we have two listeners submitted uh, questions that are actually work very well together. So we're going to cover two at a time. And that's kind of going to be kind of the goal. The goal is to shoot for 45 minutes, and we'll just kind of see where we go from there. Uh, hot or not. Let's move on. <laughs> hot or not. So we got, uh, we got a new ride line. We got a new ride line, boys and girls. Uh, Felty Rosa, uh, Lyrical Monasterio, Vampire Lady. Um, so let's jump into it. I think these cards are sweet. Uh, grade yeah. 1, uh, when it's Road Upon, Soul Blast 1, uh, choose a ghost in your drop zone and put it into your hand. So you're refunding your ride deck cost, right? Mm -hmm. Super good. Uh, not thrilled that it's Soul Blast 1, but it's... Uh, you know, she the, the deck is very greedy for soul, but we'll get into that later. Yep. She, she's got a, a mm -hmm. Vanguard rearguard skill too. That if you have a ghost, she gets plus two K, but that might as well not even be there. Uh, it's pretty irrelevant. And then yep. grade two, uh, talent of enjoyment, felty rosa. These are all going to be felty rosa cards. Uh, when it's wrote upon, so both the skills are going to be when they're wrote upon by the next the next grade. Uh, you reveal a ghost normal unit, so no triggers from your hand, and put it on the top of your deck. Uh, then you could choose a ghost from your drop and put it into your hand. So, again, refunding your discard for the ride deck. Uh, mm -hmm. And since this is when wrote upon uh, by the grade three, you're setting up your drive checks. Uh, again, she gets plus 5k if you have three or more ghost units on rearguard circles. Not super relevant. I don't, see, I don't see us playing more than one copy of these just in the ride deck, right? It depends on the ghost support, right? If there's not enough ghost support, then yes, you're going to have to. Then sure, but she's a vampire, not a ghost, so... Oh, you're right, yeah. you're right. So absolutely not, there's no reason. There's no reason to do it. Uh, so here she is, uh, Rondo of Dusk Moon, Felty Rosa. Uh, when your drive check reveals a ghost normal unit, like the one that we put on top of our deck when we rode, you may call it to an open front row rearguard circle. Period. So that's... There's more to the skill, but that is the first part of the skill. There's no cost. You just get to call yep. it. Uh, Free call. Th then, if you did call, you counterblast one, and she gets a drive check plus one until the end of the battle. So, obviously, the, we'll get into the support a little bit, but just the ride line. Uh, Multi-attacking, we're refunding our drive checks when we're not hitting triggers, because we're calling them. What do you think, Cole? Um, honestly, without looking at any of the support, I think it's not that great. Okay. That's okay. a that might be a hot take there, but like it doesn't get any extra power. Um True. like uh, like Lorana Roll can get power with uh with its orders right. and whatnot. And what so like it you're getting extra attacks, but like they're just tiny little pokes at this point. So nothing super special. Um yeah, that's my that's that is my uncultured opinion. Fair enough. Well I see your uncultured opinion and I raise you some support cards. Uh, so, exactly. <laughs> so let's let's jump into one. Um, this is a really long card name, but her name is Ingrid. Uh, when she's placed on rearguard circle from anywhere other than hand, uh, spoiler, it's going to be from the trigger zone. Uh, Countercharge one, and choose one of your rearguards in the same column and stand it. 
So you're gonna you're gonna boost something. That thing that you boosted is gonna make itself go away uh, somehow, right? Magically, we'll get into those in a minute. <laughs> um, and then your booster's gonna get restood when you call this, and she's refunding your drive check. Um, so unfortunately, the way that the the I keep wanting to call it the stack from Magic, but the way that the skills layering works, uh, you can't countercharge the one from placing her and then use that immediately to get a drive check from Felty Rosa, because Felty Rosa is all one skill. Yeah. So if you have no counterblast, you're not going to get to countercharge and then use it. Um, but if you hit this on your first drive check, uh, you countercharge right away, and then you'll hit your second uh, drive check, right? So, yep. And then she's got another skill. When she attacks, she gets power plus 5,000 until the end of the battle, and then she goes to the bottom of your deck. Uh, so that's a separate skill, so if you play her from hand, she'll still get that effect, which is going to make mm -hmm. her an 18k grade 3, unboosted, and then she'll make room for whatever is uh, chilling on the top of your deck, right? So, Which is very important. Giving power to herself, not giving power to the Vanguard, which is something that we want to do. But at the same time, when we give power to the Vanguard, it needs to be during the main phase, or it's not going to matter much. Because um, if mm -hmm. we're drive-checking, it's already been guarded and whatnot. Um, yep. So uh, this card seems pretty good to me. This is the triple rare support card for the deck. Yeah, I think I think this card actually makes Felty Rosa quote unquote playable. Sure. Um, so like especially being able to restand the rear guard, I think is actually like behind it is very good. Yeah, absolutely. So we yeah. we've got a grade one that restands itself when something's called in front of it during the battle phase. Uh, yep. But you're only going to be able to play four copies of those, right? So mm -hmm. you can set up your board in a way that uh that you'll get a restand on something else. So that's Ingrid. Yep, I, nice. I think she's super hot. She's awesome. Um, hot in the context that it's a good card. Not that, <laughs> not that it's an anime mm -hmm. uh, lady. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Uh, Annalise. So here we go. Here's something. Uh, at the end of the battle, that it's another grade 3, but she's a 12k. So it's one of those lyrical cards that's a little weaker than normal cards. Uh, at the end of the battle that she attacked while boosted, you put her into your soul. Uh, and choose one of your rear guards to give it power plus 5k. Mm. So we got this card revealed before we got the Felty Rosa reveals, and yeah. I thought it was fine. Like, I don't like what are we doing with it, right? But the fact yep. that she, after she attacks, she makes room uh, for your drive checking ghosts to uh, get called, and she's going to oh. give the booster or just the other side of your, the other rear guard, uh, extra power. Well, I think I I think the best part about her is that she goes into the soul. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it. Yeah. Uh, I I'm way way more uh, hot on this card than I was before. Absolutely. I think this card's super good. I'm gonna start with four of it and see what happens. Um, yep. I I guess we're getting into as soon as we get all the ride lines revealed, guys. We're gonna start playtesting these cards probably on stream. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, as soon as we got two more ride lines coming, I think, and then we'll probably get a, a couple yeah. extra support cards. But we'll, as soon as we get all the ride lines, we're gonna start uh, trying these guys out for you guys to see. The set comes out in Japan in like two weeks. Soon, maybe yeah. less than that. Yeah, we so. get it in a couple months. <laughs> um. Anyway, here's the grade one that I talked about before. Her name is Ernesta. When a ghost is placed on a rearguard circle during the battle phase, she gets stood. She's an 8K Very grade good. 1. Super good. Super, super, super good. good. Four of. Uh, moving on. Grade 2. Uh, really long name. El Eleanor. Uh, grade 2, 10K. When she attacks, you Soul Blast 2, and she gets power plus 15,000. And then at the end of the battle, she goes to the top of the deck. So this card, I think, is the best card in the deck. I think so, too. Um, I don't like the Soul Blast 2 cost, though. It's, but, like, she's Soul doing Blast a lot two. for 2 Blast 2. Yeah, it's it's a lot for Soul Blast 2, because think about it. It's it's effectively, like, an extra 25, right? Because she's going to give herself plus 15, mm -hmm. and then she's going to get recalled again as a 10k. You're probably going to restand your Ernesta that's behind her. Um, I I like this card a lot. Soul Blast 2 uh, is, yeah. uh, is huge. Yep. But, but you have, you have like... Um, what two other cards that go into the soul? There's one that's just whenever it's checked off of a uh, drive check, basically it goes into the soul, which we're not going to talk about, but that's a great two. Yeah. Then you've got um the uh, Annalise who also goes into the soul. Right. So like that could that could definitely help. Yeah, I yeah. I like this card a lot. Be between Annalise and uh, and her, you're gonna get that little engine going. Uh, obviously yeah. Ingrid is super good, right? The one that goes to the bottom of the deck, but she kind of works on her own. She doesn't need help. Yeah. Uh, yep. These two, though, Annalise and 
uh, what's her name? Eleanor. They work really well together. Also, Eleanor um, doesn't need to... Um, it's a grade two, right? So you can have it... Theoretically, you can have it pop off earlier, too. Yeah, uh, if you if you really needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you um, got the soul. Actually, you're least. not going to, because you're not going to have the soul, because you're grade one, uh, soul blast one when it gets written upon. True. And, you, and you're going to want to use that skill. True. So you're not going to have the soul on your grade two turn. What's the... Oh, shit. What was the grade two that... Is it whenever it's checked as a trigger, or is when it's called? It's, it's, it's when it's when called, she's called the during the battle circle. phase. When she's called during the yeah. battle phase. Yeah. So that wouldn't work. So you're right. You probably won't be able to, unless I saw. I did see someone who did like preliminary testing yeah. with uh with Felty Rosa, and they're like, I never, hardly ever want to use the Soul Blast one on the ride chain or ride line. Okay. Because it just because they wanted to keep the you soul the for soul later for on. Later. Okay. So that that's might be I something to keep in mind. And that's something we'll actually talk about when we get to Magnolia too, is that you don't have mm-hmm. to use your ride line skills, right? Uh no one is forcing you to use your ride line skills. Ooh. Yeah. Um anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh we so that's okay, so before we move on, that's uh that's Felty Rosa stuff. That's the support, mm-hmm. uh more or less. That's we might get a couple more cards here or there, but that's the the meat and potatoes of the deck. Hot or not, now that we've seen the whole thing. Um, can I go, like, almost hot? No. Hot or not? Uh, then then <laughs> not. I'm tired of your, your tepid takes on cards. Then not. Not? Okay, I'm going to go hot. Mm, um, I, okay. I like multi-attacking. Um, I, I just think it's cool. I like the way it works. I like the way stuff refunds itself. Uh, you're getting some power, sure. And, and, and if they guard, like, it's... It's a late game deck, which is, I think, what I I like that in Vanguard. Um, mm-hmm. So the longer the game goes, the more value you're going to get. Eventually, your opponent's going to run out of cards. Uh, if you're not calling stuff, you're hitting triggers. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it looks I, okay. Cool. Don't don't get me wrong. I think it looks really cool, and I really like the idea, and I think it's very unique and clever. However, competitively speaking, I don't think it's there yet. I think it needs a couple more like really important. Um, pieces like especially to help build soul and maybe give it a little bit extra power because as of right now i don't think you can run the um the whale order that gives 5k to your to your row because or to your field because it costs two counterblasts and you want to keep your counterblasts for felty rosas yeah i'm inclined to agree with you i I just but i think the deck as an attrition style deck is just fine Um, i agree as far as like uh, competitive meta that we're going to be moving into i think the only competitive the i think the only competitive ride line right now is probably going to be the songs with Loren roll. Um, I agree. That seems like the best by a mile to me. Yep. Um, speaking of Loren roll, uh, we got a new support card. It's just a common. It's a grade three, 13 K, um, Philo, Philomena. And when she's placed on the rear guard circle, you may play an additional order this turn. Uh, not very flashy. But, yeah, but. She, you're gonna you're gonna get two face up songs. You can turn one face down with uh, during your main phase with Lauren roll, and then if you've done that already, you'll have the two face down that you need to pop off. Also, the fact that um, a lot of um, the song orders have when placed on in the order zone yep. effects, yep. So you, and they're they're no cost as well. Right. So you're getting additional cost for that or effects for that. Yeah, this is a nice setup piece. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the deck was necessarily missing anything, but here's some more support for it. So great. Yep. Hot. Really nice. Uh, last Very card hot. we're going to talk about for hot or not, uh, is downpour singer LKL. LKL. It's, yep. uh, it's LCL support. Uh, when your Vanguard is placed, uh, you can bind her and draw a card. That's a grade three. So you're not doing this until your persona ride turn. And then when she's bound, both black wings and white wings, uh, skills of your cards are active until the end of your opponent's next turn. This card, I... go ahead. You go ahead. I have very strong opinions on this card. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I personally really, really like it. I think it f- fixes, um, fixes what the deck wanted because it gets both of the effects now. Um, I also like that it puts itself into the bind zone as well, and it also works if it was bound off of Celestial as well. So, I, I personally think this card is is quite hot, and I think it kind of makes the deck now. Yeah, 
So this card is giving the deck exactly what it wants. It replaces itself from the rearguard circle. If you bind it from the top of your deck or from your hand, you're going to get that effect also. Uh, my problem is you are giving yourself two mediocre effects to get a good effect, right? So you only can play four copies of this card. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to be able to bind it every turn necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I still just don't think that I still just don't think the deck is good. Okay. That's yeah. Fine. So not for me on this, but I, but I'm a not on the Al Steel ride line. Prove me wrong. Beat me up with it. That's fine. <laughs> I just, I, I just, it's a lot of hoops to jump through for some mediocre effects. For 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 the record, I'm also um on the not for Alestial, but I think that this card actually makes it way more viable. Yeah, if if the deck is going to see play, it's obviously got four of this in it, right? It's the triple rare support yep. card. It's it's very good at what it does. I just don't think it helps enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like when we get these clan selection cards for these V series decks. It's like, yeah, they're great for what it does, but you still compare the deck to like Luard or Bermuda, and it just doesn't matter, right? Uh, yeah. or Hanzo. Or, well, that's that's one that had happened. Anyway, don't get me started. That was hot or not. Uh, we're moving right along here. So, what's next, Cole? Um, so we gotta do tournament reports. Which wait, hold on, meta breakdown. Well, Sorry, not, I jumped. That's not right. I yeah. jumped. Okay. Well. You want to talk about Z uh, Jesus Christ? <laughs> not Zorga, <laughs> uh, Orphist. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Uh, I was. I needed you to riff a little more there, so I could. Uh... Oh. That's okay. It's too late. The beauty, the beauty of podcasting is it's a real quick delete. And <laughs> uh, this better stay in. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? Orphist. Yeah. So tur Orphist. tournament reports. Uh, tournament report for Orphist. I, I definitely know off the top of my head how much the percentage of the meta this is. It's four percent. It's four percent of the meta according to Dexander. So oh. this is. Here, here's here's the thing, right? Yeah. This is it. This is not saying that Orphist isn't good. It's just people think that Bastion, Bruce, and Seraph Snow are. They think they're the better decks, so they're taking them more often than they're taking the other decks, right? right? Absolutely. Um. So that honestly could just come down to like Japanese player preferences. Yeah. And they just think that Bastion's the safer option compared to Orphist. Absolutely. Uh, worth noting too, I didn't look at this. Bastion's lost some some of its big pie wedge to Bruce here. Yeah, that's um, true. They're almost the same same percentage. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. They're about a quarter apiece, mm -hmm. a little less. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Orphist. Orphist. I love this deck. This is probably my favorite ride line. Um, I love Brantgate. I love the set order mechanic, and this just does it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And right away, with both the decks I've picked, I just want to tear them apart. I just see huge issues with them, but they've won, so I really can't tear them apart too much. Uh, so wh what do you think about Orphist in general and its place in the meta before we talk about individual cards? Like, how do you think it's positioned against decks like Bastion? Um, now that it has cards like Alvador that have, like, targeted retire, in addition to the Grade 3 Order in the Darkness that can also front row retire. So... What do you think about these regard centric decks, and why is why is Orphus not seeing as much play, even though it's got this targeted removal? So, I think Orphus suffers from being a three attack deck, right? And I think, as we've seen, almost everything Magnolia aside, because that's just an outlier. Um, almost everything that we've seen is that uh, three attack decks just, for the most part can't stack up to multi-attacking because it's just a war of attrition, right? However, Orphist, on the other hand, doesn't have to call units from their hand for the most part because they've got the Shadow Army tokens, which are 15k uh, beaters or boosters, and they add a lot to the deck. And now they have a way to manipulate these tokens in a way to, like, retire or draw more cards or whatever else they're going to do. Um... So I think theoretically they've got a lot going for them, but I don't think that they're fast enough for the current meta. Cause like, sure, Bruce, you gotta go. Yeah, you gotta wait till turn four in order to really pop off. But Leonard really doesn't need that in order to to still be a threat. Cause you can still have Leonard on your grade three turn and still have him pop off, just not getting all of his effects. Um, and then you've got Bastion, where as soon as you ride grade three, everything is online. 
and everything just gets massive. So that's a threat. Whereas uh, Orphist, if um, if your opponent um, can kind of kind of counterblast deny you, if they give you one counterblast, you can use the new order and get a single token, right? And then uh, some of the other rearguards get a little bit of extra power too. But um, I feel like it's just not doing enough early enough. And I feel like it's easier to play it around than, um, let's say, Bastion and, and Bruce for the most part. Okay, okay, I like that. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think the deck's largest problem is it doesn't have a way to call tokens mid-battle. So, mm-hmm. Bushy Road, when you listen to this podcast, please give me a way to make extra tokens in the battle phase. Um, I, that would be really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the problem. This the deck is it's a control deck, in my opinion. Yep. You want to go late. Uh, your your rear guards stack up just like anybody else's rear guards, right? You've got a a bunch of fifteen k boys. You get the goon squad out there. You got thirty k columns. You know, Orphus is an eighteen k base. Alvader gives himself plus five k. I've seen some people still playing um, Kubicia in the main deck, and he's a fifteen k mm. meter. And then, of course, you Thumbarino's have Thumb, nice. Thumbarino, absolutely, who she's going to give herself an extra 15k. Uh, so you have a 38k column when she boosts a Shadow Army token, and then she's going like to draw numbers. the deck, Orphus numbers is not, is not a problem. The deck makes numbers, um, which is why I like front triggers so much in the deck. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big, big fan of uh, eight front Orphus. So if, uh, spoiler alert, if you play against me, I'm playing Orphus, I probably have eight fronts. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I think the just make yourself impossible to guard. Who cares if it's for one critical, two critical? You want to make your opponent's PGs bad, because then if you do hit that over trigger, it's going to be gnarly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's the problem. But I like I like how the deck keeps its value. It keeps most of its cards in its hand. Um, just about everything replaces itself. Shadow Army tokens. I'm going to call them free, especially with uh, you know we're still playing. X copies of Bubble Mean, who's getting himself out of the way of Leonard. Yep. Um, Leonard is a lot easier to guard in this deck because most of because your Shadow Army tokens are 15k, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about him as much as uh, like, let's say like Hex Orb or Magnolia would have to worry about him. Yeah. So looking at some specific deck lists, uh, I see some people playing Marisma. Uh, Marisma is the snake. Uh, he's the 10k grade two. Then when he's placed, you at the top three cards of your deck. Choose a world order, put it in your hand, and put the rest on the bottom. I don't like this card at all. I don't like it. Um, it's a 10k, so it needs to be boosted to do anything. It doesn't give itself power like Alvadurd. Uh, it's you're not always hitting with it. Um, if you mm-hmm. are, you're playing a critical mass of orders, so you're just gonna draw your orders anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this card? I know you're not. Yeah, I, know. I, I know you're not like an Orphus guy, but what do you think about this card? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think in V, this card would have been absolutely like really good, but the um, the deck just doesn't or standard just doesn't play like how V plays. So I don't think that this card is needed at all, to be honest, um, because your ride line searches for for your probably going to be the new. Uh, the new order, right? So you can immediately get a, a um, uh, 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 oh my god, uh, token, uh, yeah. shadow army token. There we go. Yeah, usually. Or draw a card. Yeah. With the other one. Um, so uh, then you really only need two, and you're gonna draw into the other ones. I'm gonna interrupt you. It's worth noting too. Uh, I got some questions in Discord about this deck. Uh-huh. When you play your grade two order, uh, if you play Eclipse Moonlight, which is the counterblast one, call a Shadow Army token. Uh, it's grade two, so you're going to be on Kubicia. You fully resolve your order's effect before you give the plus 5k, so you can give the plus 5k from your Vanguard to the Shadow Army token, making him a 20k. If your opponent's on grade two, you're going to hit through a trigger. That is something to... It's just, oh. a, it's just a nuance. I see a lot of people not do it. You play the order immediately, or how how does yeah, how so, how's everything so you're, worded? You're gonna ride. You're gonna ride, Kubicia, uh, right? You've mm-hmm. you already have Eclipse Moonlight in your hand because you got it when you rode Rudus. You're gonna play the order. Uh, the order costs a counterblast to play. The order comes into play. It makes a Shadow Army token. It's gonna put you're mm-hmm. gonna put it in the front row, and then Kubicia uh, says when you play a set order, uh, he gives something plus five k. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, gotcha. but before you were using it to like maybe make like a another copy of him a 15k or something. But now you get you can make a 20k rearguard on turn two, which is going to hit through a trigger on on their grade two turn yeah. or grade one. Yeah. Two, honestly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So okay, that's something. Um, kind of off topic from Marisma. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, to get back on topic, I don't like Marisma at all. Um, it's just going to be a vanilla 10k a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so I'm not a fan. Can is there any way to like sack rear guards in order to get effects? Um, in that deck specifically that we were looking at. Uh, uh no. So the only I mean the only thing Orphus can do uh, to quote unquote sacrifice is your shadow armies. Okay. You don't have any other way to open up circles or anything like that. So it's uh, unless you're playing the uh, the eagle guy, but this deck is not playing the no, eagle. No, well guy. that's the thing is the eagle, and we'll talk about that because I pulled I pulled him up. I like this card a lot. Uh, the eagle is Cardinal Fang Estret. Mm-hmm. He's a ten k also, but his skill always pops off. It's at the end of each turn, if you're in Abyssal Dark Knight, uh, both you and your opponent choose one of your own rear guards and retire it. This card is that- this card is cool. So it's important is the turn fighter chooses the unit to retire first. Yes. Because that, that can actually matter depending on what you retire. Yes. Uh, oh. But you're going to put your opponent in a position that they have to retire what you want them to retire. Yep. Because um, you're going to use your, your big boy columns uh, to kill a rear guard maybe. And then you're going to use Alvador to throw a shadow army token at something else and kill that. And then it's just going to be left with whatever they want, whatever you want dead. Uh, and even if you just sacrifice Estret right away, he's done his job. Yes. Uh, a lot of the time, I'm just sticking this guy behind Orphus so he can't get attacked. Mm-hmm. And he's just he just sits there and he attrition's out of the game. And as long as you have stuff to to get rid of, uh, he's he's pretty good. Like I I play Malorm in my decks, which is the AK grade one that you can discard a set order to counter charge one. Uh, those mm-hmm. two work pretty well together. Because Malorm gives you the main phase counter charge, you use that for whatever you need to use it for, and then you can just sacrifice him to Astret, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this card. I just think he's better than, than the Snake in a lot of ways. I would agree. Yeah, I, it, it just does so much more for the deck than attempting to look for an, an extra order. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm here for that. The last, uh, there's, there's another list here. That is, uh, this is the one that's still playing. Uh, um, Kubizia, yeah, excuse me, in, in, in the main deck. So I don't hate Kubizia in the main deck. Yeah, but so I don't think it's needed. It's not. It's not needed. But here's the thing: it's a three of, obviously, mm-hmm. in the main deck. And you notice this guy's not playing any of the flex slots. So the whole deck is fours. Uh, or threes. oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they're they're order sweet. They're at eight orders, which is pretty standard. Um, I like nine, but I play Malorms, so it's a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. but no, no Estrets, uh, no Marisma, just, he's just wants as many 15k beaters as possible. I think that is pretty good. Yeah. I, I think that's that. Honestly, this is probably the, the basic list that you should go for and then tweak it how you like it afterwards. I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, man, these cards are just so pretty. Like honestly, I I love the aesthetic. I of love Orphist. the aesthetic of Orphus. It's kind of it's kind of why I picked him before I even knew the effect. I was like, man, he looks cool. <laughs> I like the way the triggers <laughs> right. look. Everything looks beautiful and SP. It's so nice. Yep. Um, yep. All right. Closing thoughts on Orphus. Uh, what do you, what do you think? Like I think we 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 talked about why we think it's doing poorly. What do you think needs to happen for it to do well? Or just general thoughts on the deck. I think all that it needs, literally all that it needs, is a way to um, battle phase call to plant or to plant tokens. Jesus, <laughs> call to, call to um to maybe even just one. Honestly, have like a a grade one or a grade two that says after it's a battle that it attacked, sacrifice itself and call uh, a uh, a shadow army yeah. token. Maybe like or for like a counter or, or stand a shadow army token. Anything you know. Or st- yeah, stand as Shadow Army. That would be good too. Yeah. Like sacrifice it, stand what it boosted. Yeah, I think that'd be good. There's a lot. There's a lot to play around with this, mm-hmm. which I really like. It's such a simple concept, but honestly, my favorite aspect of Neo Nectar was the plant tokens in V, and everything that you could do with them. And I think all they have to do is translate that 
quote unquote technology <laughs> to uh to Orphis and I think you're you're good to go. Yeah, fair enough. Uh I agree with you. Uh I think the Nectar was pretty cool and this is obviously inspired by that, not aesthetically but uh play style. Mm-hmm. The set mm-hmm. orders are great. Um I think this is already better than Neo Nectar ever was in V series. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as like spot, uh, I say spot in the meta. Yeah, it's at four percent, but it's it's a good deck. I really do think it's a good deck. Um, it, mm-hmm. it rewards tight play. It rewards tight guarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is- oh, guarding guarding with this is is huge. Actually, yeah. even though you have such such a large hand, knowing when the proper time to to throw down like the exact amount of guard, right. I think is a really big thing for for Orphist. Absolutely, because you want a lot of damage. Um, mm-hmm. And your rear guards are pretty important too. So it's it's yep. it's a deck that rewards you for playing it well and for taking the time. Um, so that being said, we were talking about like a core a core list. I think this list we're looking at is pretty good. Uh, it's on deck Sander. I put my list up in the Discord uh, in the deck crafting corner the other day uh, for for a buddy who was asking about Orphist. Mm-hmm. I don't think that my list is necessarily a good first Orphist list. It's yes. it's just my list. It's the list I like to play. I've been playing with that list since we saw the the uh there were the the spoilers for set 2. Uh so I've had a lot of time to kind of hone it and change what I mm-hmm. like about it. But I, I like this this list a lot. So if you yep. if any listeners want this list, hit me up on Discord. I have it bookmarked uh, and we can post it up in there. So or if you just want yeah, my list, good. that's fine too. Moving yeah. on. Um let's talk about some animals. Dude, I'm actually very excited for this deck. Okay. I think this is I, I want to play it really bad, but I'm focusing on Zorga first. Sure. Well, do I do I have good news for you? Oh, yeah? Why not both? <gasps> oh, you just want to jump into that one, then? Uh, no, I don't. I want to talk about the regular <laughs> version first. All right, so we're, we're moving to Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, and so this, I think Magnolia is probably one of the, one of the decks that got the biggest, um upgrades out of all of them honestly for set two um because now i think it's way more of a threat and especially with the um, to interrupt you also from festival collection yes exactly yeah yeah, this card is like the only one this deck is the only one playing festival collection cards like Mm -hmm. like right yeah uh yeah uh so uh, you could play Jared in Bruce if you want to. That's the only other one, but most people have dropped Jared completely okay. um, because he just uh, isn't doing what necessarily what the deck wants. He's not a bad card by any means. It's just tight. Uh, space is a little tight, sure. and you kind of want to focus on other things. But Kusi, on the other hand, is super nice. I hate I hate that name, but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a 15k uh, grade one with no shield. It looks like which I thought it had shield. It has no shield. Uh, but you have to play it behind the Vanguard. And immediately, that's kind of a little iffy. But then in set two, they uh, Urgula is a grade one that says you can move your units uh, across uh, columns as well. Uh, instead of like just up and down, you can move them across columns too. So you can move Kusi out and have him uh, attack uh, from the front row, and then uh, because uh, Urgil is a grade one, it can boost the Kusi, and that's 15 plus 8, making it 23, which is an, a real nice number there. Um, and then Kusi, or uh, Urgil also says that uh, the unit in front can't be chosen by your opponent's card effects, uh, so that your Kusi's kind of safe from it, so they'd have to go through Urgila first. Um, so, like, if Leonard attacks the column, Leonard can actually really only attack Urgila first. Um, Right, because it doesn't say, yeah. No, no, that would be. It's an attack. It's not an effect. But it, it the effect allows it to attack. But it's, so... but you're not choosing anything. You're just attacking. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Chosen thing. Okay. The, what this so is, never mind. What this is stopping is it's stopping. Um, it's stopping berserk dragon. Right. It's stopping prison. Mm-hmm. Um. It's mm, yeah. It's yeah. it's stopping regurgitation. Uh, True. So, you know, it's stopping Alvadurd. Which we just talked about, or in the darkness. So it, you know, it's it's turning off targeted removal. Yeah, which is actually what Magnolia suffers from. Yeah. Um. So that's very nice. Uh, and then you've got the elephant too, uh, Elrante, I believe. So you throw that behind the vanguard because it has an ability of when it attacks two or more in the front row. Uh, sorry, when this unit attacks, if there are two or more in front of it, uh, it gets extra power. But if there's three or more. 
you can soul charge one. And so because if it's behind your vanguard, uh, then you have... Because this counts your units and your opponent's units as well. So then you have both vanguards, so that's two units. And then if they have anything boosting the vanguard, that would be three. And that would give you soul, which Magnolia actually really needs. Because um, then if we go to... Uh, what's... Uh, Daimonaru, I think. That one... Yeah, it's a uh, one placed. If you have Magnolia, you can soul blast one. Uh, and basically it lets you uh, use Magnolia skills to uh, have a back row unit attack. Um, so it only gives them one, and it gives them the extra power as well. So this actually, combo this with Magnolia's counterblast one to do the same thing, now means that two of your back row units can attack, um, and you don't have to be on Persona Ride in order to do it, which is super good. It kind of eliminates a weakness that the deck had. Um, and then uh, when it's chosen by your Vanguard's unit, uh, when your Vanguard's effect, it gets extra 5k power. So like if Magnolia says that, hey, I want Diamondaru to attack from the back row, it gets an extra 5k as well. So it becomes a 20k attacker by itself, which I think is, it's a neat little thing, but you probably aren't going to use that effect, I think. But um, overall, I think Diamondaru makes the deck work, which is uh, very, very nice. And um, there was another list that we saw that was playing, um, what, the the horse? Uh, yeah, what's the horse's name again? Yeah, so there, there's a list here with uh, Aglio, uh, which is from Aglio. set one. He's a rare. Uh, he's the one that you can retire him from the rearguard circle and give, give two, two units, units plus 5,000 each. It's, I I like it as, a, as an option, but I think, I think I'd rather play Lattice instead, honestly. Um, because it clears itself off the board, and I don't want to get rid of my units in, in Magnolia if I don't have to. Um, and Lattice can just be a, a, like a threat, because it gets, what, plus 10 when it attacks? Yeah. I think, if it from the back row. Yeah, with a, with a and, Soul Blast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I guess... Oh, this deck isn't running Elrante. Oh! Yeah, no elephant here. The the deck is so first this list we're looking at, it's got the uh it's got ranker chain and black husk dragon. Oh, husk dragon, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. As that's the right. grade one and two in the ride deck. So That's what this deck is. That's a thing we've seen before. Um it's pretty cute. I mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a big fan. If I was gonna play Magnolia, I'd figure out a way to make that work. Um and then in the order suite, they don't have a ton. Usually, if I was going to do that, I'd try to fit some spiritual body condensation in the deck, but with the new mm-hmm. grade 2 uh, Daminari, whatever his name is, fighting for soul, you're not going to want to do that so much. But yep. they're playing Wild Intelligence and a Nectar, uh, which is the Zorgo Order that's going to give plus 5k for each 5 cards in your drop, and a crit if you have 15 cards in the drop. And then they're playing some mm-hmm. Ghost Chases. Uh, Ghost Chase, super good with uh, Daminari. Yep, because it's an on-place effect. Yeah. I didn't think about super, that. Yeah. Super, super good. Uh, he also it also saves your uh, Urgula if if you needed to, or just makes mm-hmm. Goosey hard to kill. I like Ghost Chase a lot. The problem is slots, you know. Slots. Um, the deck is like surprisingly tight for not being like a you know you, you these decks get so honed when they're the top of the meta decks like Bastion. It's like, well, if you're not playing this list, your list is wrong. Exactly. And I've. That kind of seems like where Magnolia is. Yep. Which is just weird because yep. you'd think you'd have more time to play around with it because it's doing so poorly. Um, <laughs> and you know, I don't mean that. It's not like you know. It's true. Like you get yep. you get to tinker with your deck when it's not the top deck. You get to you get to kind of mess around with things. Just like Orphis. Like Orphis is not performing well. It's not a quote unquote solved deck. Uh, but Magnolia has so many options. You you don't want to devolve your deck into this big pile of two ofs mm-hmm. because you're going to, you're going to be really inconsistent, but at the same time, yep. you don't just want to lock it in as all four. So this deck, I think has a long way to go. And I, I like that mm-hmm. we're seeing several different builds of it. Mm-hmm. Um, worth noting the core of each Magnolia deck we've seen is still three to four Kusi, four Urgula, uh, and four uh, Diamond Aru. And then three to four Wild Intelligence, because I forgot about that order, yeah. but that order actually does a lot for the deck. Yeah, Wild Intelligence is huge. Um, yeah. Speaking of Wild Intelligence, this is getting off topic a little bit. Why don't you tell mm-hmm. the folks at home what you've been brewing with? All right, so on stream, 
uh, Thursday and Friday night, I was testing Zorga, my current build of Zorga. And I've had multiple, multiple times where um, I'm halfway through my deck and haven't seen a single Hendrina, which I run at four, by the way. Um, and so, like, if I can't... I'm also not running um, any of the Squirming and Agony, so that, that option to mill just isn't there for me. Um, so what I've kind of... I'm thinking about trying is uh, adding wild intelligence into the main deck uh, because just a, a straight up mill three for for a counterblast isn't bad, um, and I get to call something off it too. I can call anything in my drop zone, which I think would actually really benefit me. Um, and plus, I can use it again if I just like normal played it because it's a grade zero. So if I go, um, if I play it when I'm on uh, a grade one or grade two, and I've got a damage. Um, I can go ahead and mill three and then get another attacker. So I could have, theoretically, I could have three attackers um, on grade two or grade one, depending on which isn't the greatest thing all, all the time. But um, I'm thinking that I need wild intelligence in my deck um, right now. Uh, granted, I only get one call, whereas Magnolia would get two, which I think Magnolia just really needs that two call. Um, but the the mill three and then call anything from my drop zone that's the same grade as my vanguard or less i believe is what it is but um i think is really really needed for me personally um because hendrina just doesn't like to show up when she's needed so that's that's what i'm planning on and that's what i'm probably going to be testing this weekend um because it, it just if the deck hurt if i didn't have that um if i didn't have hendrina so that's that's my thing. So there you have it. There it is. Wild Intelligence and Zorga. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put one in my deck. Probably just one. Probably just uh, one. Yep. Probably just one. Uh, so we kind of got away from Magnolia here, but that's fine, because Magnolia is... Eh. Uh, Magnolia is sweet. It's fine. It's a fun deck. It's a cool deck. You'll lose to yep. it if you're not expecting it. Um, Correct, yep. But there's so much targeted removal hanging out right now. They don't draw Urgula. It's pretty easy to beat, honestly. Um, yep, unfortunately. And also, another thing about this is, uh, they're just they just don't hit. Magnolia just doesn't hit good numbers, um, unless you're throwing around Genosla. But like, I don't want to really throw around Genosla. Probably like a one or two of, but like, I wouldn't want to rely on that. Yeah, I like the card as a two of, because uh, over triggers mm -hmm. are a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you over trigger onto your bear, and you put that on anything else. It's pretty gross. That is pretty gross. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the deck just doesn't really make numbers. No. So, like, one or two defensive triggers can completely shut yeah. down the, 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 the deck the needs, turn. it needs, like, like a back trigger. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like plus 10k to my back row. Yep. Right? That's what it needs. That'd be, that'd make the deck awesome. <laughs> it's the opposite or, of a, it's the opposite of a front trigger. Just call it a... Or, or, like, have a grade one that says, like, a, or a grade two that says whenever a front trigger is checked, it actually affects the back row The back row instead. instead. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, that's what Magnolia needs. Give it back triggers, and it's going to be tearing everything up. Yep. All right. That's the meta report, um, the meta breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, no tournament reports, but uh, I don't know when this episode's going to get released, uh, but Cole and I will both be at Epic Loot uh, tomorrow, Sunday the mm -hmm. 8th, uh, and then we'll probably be at Monster on the 9th also uh, for those local listeners, so... We'll finally be. I know Cole's been going down. I haven't been down in like forever because I haven't had cards and then I had hand surgery. It was a whole big thing. But we'll yeah. finally be back. We'll finally be back. Oh, uh, yes. Excited to play again. Very excited to play. So let's move right along. Um, I kind of made us go off topic a little bit, but we've got some listener submissions. Um, yes. Yeah, listener submission questions. We've got two of them, uh, they tie into each other pretty well. So I'm going to read off the first one. This is from uh, somebody in the Discord. This is from Mew in the Discord. So thank you, Mew, for your question. How do y'all feel about the current meta? Uh, is it leaning too far into a few decks, or do you think it is balanced enough? Short, sweet, right. to the point. I'm going to let you take this first, because I think we're going to have different opinions on this. But you you go first. What do you think about the meta? Is it is it too uh, heavily leaning towards Bastion and Bruce, or do you think it's fine? All right, hot take. I think meta is fine. <laughs> yes, I'm shocked, yeah. I think the meta's perfectly fine. Um, so, 
Well, but but what I do have a problem with though is I think people are 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 overthinking that if you're not playing Bruce and you're not playing Bastion, then there's no way to win, which I think is is very incorrect. I think that there's absolutely ways that you can play around uh, Leonard and you can play around uh, whatever Bruce is gonna th- or Bastion's gonna throw in. You just you need to learn your matchups for your deck. Um, and you need to learn like a correct build for it and whatnot, like the correct way to play it. So it's not just like V was, where there literally was a very, very defined. These are the absolute best. If you're not playing these, you're gonna have a very hard time. Like right now, Prisms and uh, Luard are like super good right now. Mm-hmm. But you, if you if you think about it, um, if you just like super rush Bastion, throw down your triggers and everything in your hand really early on. Um, they're going to be real hard-pressed to guard you early, and then later on, they're just not going to have enough cards in their hand for your eventual comeback. Um, Same thing with Bruce, too, honestly. Um, There's ways to get around that, and that's why I think that Magnolia actually is a really good counter to to Bruce and to... uh, Not to Bruce, but to Bastion, maybe to Bruce, too, uh, depending on if you can, like, real early rush them. Um, Zorga can do it too if you build your deck around an earlier rush, like with uh, Admantis and Elenia, just really focusing on putting as much and the best numbers out as possible. I think you can really uh, play around with that. Um, and then you've got Virena too, which is a uh, like solid tempo deck that can really swing and uh, take games. Like I think people get caught up on on the Bastion and the Leonard hate and want to ban them, restrict them, or whatever. And I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. Personally, I think Meta is in a good place. Personally, yeah. So uh, a couple things that I want to hit on for this. Um, Cole said it best. Just learn your matchups. If you've got a buddy with the deck, play play a bunch of games against the deck. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a buddy with the deck, proxy it up, and then swap so that you play so the you deck play you're the struggling deck. against. Yeah. I uh, I found myself in a position where a bunch of my decks were proxied for set two, so I had to play my girlfriend's Bastion deck. Um, mm-hmm. not a fan, not a fan of the Bastion deck, but I have a way better understanding on how it works now, right? Yep. So play, yep. play these decks, understand how they work, and then you can kind of tear them apart of the seams if you, if you find yourself in a place where you fully understand the deck. Um, also worth noting with set, with set two, we have these new fronts, which are 20k shield if your opponent's a gate three, right? They're fantastic. Yep. With that, Amazing. with that, a lot of people are playing less crits. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something to think about. Count triggers. Uh, count triggers. Yep. It's not. People might roll their eyes if you say, "Can I see your drop zone? Can I get a trigger count?" Uh, Which they should never do because that's port very important part of the game. Yeah, people so. will get. Oh man, yeah, sure. Here, whatever. Don't be a sourpuss. All right, count triggers. <laughs> right. Don't be afraid that your opponent's going to be upset with you. Count triggers. It's a big, big, big part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so you you know you've seen six crits. That might be all the crits in the deck. You know, it's it's yep. it's something that I think a lot of people. I don't I don't want to say like take for granted with these new triggers, but it's just something that people don't always think about. Yeah, so like I, uh, rule, basic rule of thumb, I would three to four of those new front triggers. I think in almost every deck. So just kind of like look out for those and keep track of those. And if you can count three or four of them, then you can kind of have a rough idea of how many uh, crits you're going to have as well. Same thing for draws. Not every deck plays draws anymore um, because you've got those great front triggers. So if you see draws in there, you might have less crit triggers as well. Or, yeah, um, the exceptions, I think, being uh, Seraph and Magnolia, um, they usually don't play fronts. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, oh, yeah. Though, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I'm playing fronts because I just want to try make my front also intimidating sure, in sure, case sure. my back isn't. If I can't do that, but yeah. Um, and then what was the second question? Yeah. So well, I just want to say real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, yeah, coming from other card games too, this meta seems fine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it at all. Uh, I think every deck could beat every deck. There are bad matchups, but you need to learn them. To have the top two decks be twenty-five to twenty, you know, twenty-two to twenty-five percent of the meta mm-hmm. is not a big deal to me. Um, especially coming from Magic, where when you have things that need to be banned, it's like forty percent of the meta. It's one deck, and you're like, "Wow, yep. okay, this is all I'm playing against. This is ridiculous." Um, 
this is fine. I, if this is how it is until Lyrical comes out, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question is from a listener. Uh, his name is Kyle. And he asks, if you were to play in a 300-plus person tournament tomorrow, what deck would you bring and why? Which I think is a super good question. I think that's also a very good question. Um, um, what would you bring? That's That's... I would probably... So, because of the meta, I'm expecting a lot of Bastion. I'm expecting a lot of Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some Prison. Some Overlord. Some Verena. Mm-hmm. I think I'm bringing Prison. I could see that. Yeah. yeah I love I love that. Orphist. I love Orphist to death. Um, but if we're playing in, like, a, a larger tournament, it's going to be... It's for money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, there's a, a point where if... Uh, this is, I think, a good segue. Uh, listeners, if you want to actually get competitive about the game, it's fine to have your pet deck. Uh, it's fine to have mm-hmm. your deck that you love, and you max it out, and you got all the SPs, and it's super shiny, and it's great. Uh, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But that deck just might not be the best choice for a big tournament, and you need to kind yep. of be okay with that, and you need to learn why and what another option is for you. Um, I love Orphist. I, I think it's the most fun deck for me. I would bring Prison to a large tournament. Um, I'm very comfortable playing the deck against Bastion. I'm very comfortable playing against Overlord, Verena. Uh, the Bruce matchup is a little shaky for me, but you can play some uh, some Orders. You can play some Explosive Melting Hearts. That card shuts off Leonard pretty good. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super good against Leonard. So that that's what I would play. I would tweak my list a little bit uh, to be a little better against Bruce, but I would play Prison. Uh, what would you play, Cole? Uh, honestly, I would play Bruce. Um, and I know that's that's. I, I said that it wasn't like the best deck, or yeah, it's easy to play around. Quote, not easy to play around, but like need to learn new matchups and whatnot. But I just think that um, the ability to get up to seven attacks and the value that Leonard brings, plus um, it uh, Bruce rewards a a good player knowing their deck and knowing how to play every matchup i think better than most uh decks right now um because it it is combo heavy and you need to be thinking two or three steps ahead um whereas let's say if i wanted to take zorga i am very limited by what i can play with what i've already milled and what i have in my drop zone whereas um Bruce is all about what's on my field and what's in my soul and how I can manipulate that. And there are ways to do that. And I think Bruce just honestly would be the best pick for me personally. Although I would have to play test the crap out of that build or that deck. And I would have to play test it against absolutely everything and be very comfortable with it. Um, So that one, I think, honestly, I think Bruce rewards the player the most for putting the most work into learning the deck, I think. Yeah. So that's uh, what I would play. I'm inclined to agree with you with that also. I think that's some, some really good points. Um, and, and again, there's uh, people like to kind of uh, poo-poo on uh, Bruce and Bastion, excuse me, players. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no shame in playing a good deck, people. Like, these decks are a large percent of the meta. They're obviously very mm-hmm. good. This is a competitive podcast right so yep the decks are those are the best decks there's no shame in just picking one up learning it and uh tearing through a tournament with it uh be it locals or a larger scale tournament like that so yeah uh i see some people get upset they lost to bastion they lost to bruce uh just learn your matchups and then and don't be upset at the player for playing them i think that's just silly i've seen people get yes get uh, uh i think the term is butthurt uh it's just silly to me it's part of the game uh the decks are good people are gonna play them it's on you as a player to uh to to learn how to play against those decks and if you can't beat them join them totally applies uh try Mm -hmm. the deck try it Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely you might end up really enjoying the play style um Mm -hmm. instead of just being like oh bastion eh." Uh, pick it up get a buddy that's got it and try it out so worst case scenario print out proxies from top deck heroes and like literally sit down and worst case scenario, you know how to play against the deck because you know how the deck works. Absolutely. Like, and I think I think playing uh, a deck that you have a lot of problems against is the best way to beat it. To learn it. Personally. Absolutely. You learn the yep. sequencing. You learn what's important. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to Top Deck Heroes. They've got some fantastic proxies. 
Uh, good, yep. good dudes over there. We use them for all of our playtesting stuff. So thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, those for listeners submission questions. Uh, super happy with those questions. Keep them coming, guys. Um, yeah. Very good. Very fun to talk about. If you have more questions, please post them in the Discord. If you have questions about uh, specific lists, we got a couple. We got a couple questions about decks. Um, add, add a list with those when you submit them, because I don't want to just pull a, a, a list out of nowhere that looks nothing like yours and, and talk about that, because then it won't yeah. apply to, to you. So if you have a question about a deck, please submit a deck list with it. I And as much as I love pictures and stuff, I don't remember all the card names or like, pictures, and because I, I haven't associated like uh, the picture with the name. So if it's possible, can you like type them out as well? Sure. Uh, that would be very helpful, for, or at least where I can see the name of the picture. Um, if you can like take a fan out your deck and take a picture of that, that as long as I can see the names, I can, I can look them up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gonna close this out. We're gonna try and be a little bit better than last time. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, please give us a review on uh, iTunes or any of your podcast uh, playing apps. That would be greatly appreciated. Really helps us um, fine tune and uh, provide the most. Uh, accurate and factual <laughs> podcast. Sorry, I couldn't say that straight face. Um, uh, a, a nice and cleaner podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, our intro and outro music is by Zach Boydis. Um, I tweaked one of them a little bit. Um, I need to get new podcast music. So if anyone out there uh, is a is a music producer, uh, hit us up at drivecheckpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we can go from there. We can probably work a deal out. Um, we also have a website, uh, drivecheck.net. I also may want to see if I can, uh, acquire some help, uh, updating that cause it looks God awful, but it has a really good deck builder, uh, in it. Um, which if you want to send us a deck list through that deck builder, that's actually very good because you have a way to export the text file as well. And you can send a, uh, if you try to, um, oh my God, what is it? Uh, you can make it into a PNG file by trying to export it to uh, TTS. There's an option to do that. And it, it'll give a really nice um, PNG of it that we can look at, which is very helpful. Um, uh, if you want to give us a couple dollars on Patreon, that really helps us provide uh, this content. Everyone can have like really nice mics and whatnot. And it helps the Drive Check podcast as well. We actually just bought uh, Alan some, uh, some new audio recording stuff so he should sound even crisper and sexier than normal uh that's uh, patreon.com slash drive check uh then we have a youtube channel which i actually uploaded the first part of um the uh, zorga deck study that i'll be doing um over the weekend or i guess in the next couple weeks so i the, this week was about me going through my uh initial build of zorga what I currently have and what I'm thinking about changing. And already since I've uploaded that, I'm changing a, quite a few things in the deck as well. Um, so uh, look out for that. Um, for the, uh, Go watch the current episode and look out for the next one next week. Um, and then uh, we have a Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash drive underscore check. If you want to give us a, a prime gaming sub, that greatly uh, helps us uh, do the things for the podcast and whatnot. We also record Drive Check live Tuesday nights at 8.30 Eastern. Um, and then Thursday and Friday, we do remote fight um, nights as well. So it helps me play test. And then Andy might be there play testing sometimes too. Um, and then if you want to play with us, that's also an option. Just got to let me know. Go ahead and give a sub and follow on that. Um, I already gave the email. Uh, Drive Check uh, is also ran by me on Twitter for the most part. So if you have a question for the for the Perfect Guard podcast, you can go to the Drive Check Twitter, and you can um, you can at that or you can DM us, and I'll I will be the one answering that. I'm also on Twitter at Cole underscore McCune, so go ahead and give me that. Uh, and where can they find you, Andy? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is on Discord. Uh, it's just at Nerdbane. There's going to be a link to the Discord channel in the show notes, mm-hmm. um, as lo- as well as links to all the resources we use. Um, if you want to do your own research or if you want to find a deck and submit it for us to talk about anything like that. So find me on discord at nerd Bane, all one word. Yep. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening to this week. Uh, we will catch you guys next week with, do we have a, a little, a little, little teaser for next week? I wish, I wish there wasn't like copyright infringement on the Steven universe song. <laughs>
uh, because I, I think we're going to talk about some some jewels, some gems. Um, oh, yeah, oh, and I like that TV some, show. So, and some dragons too, actually. Hopefully, yeah, that's the plan. So, uh, hopefully, we're going to round out the lyrical stuff next week. It might be a longer episode if we get a couple of uh, a couple different ride lines. So, and we'll have a mm-hmm. we'll finally have a tournament report. Oh my god, uh, it's gonna be so exciting. It's gonna be so weird because we're already going so far over time without the tournament report. So <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um It's this these might not be forty five minute episodes. They're not. They're just they're just not at this point. <laughs> we we can't there's just we're just excited. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. All right. Uh we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks guys.